Let's pray. Father, we just thank you. We believe that this service will just point people to Jesus, to know how good he is, to fall more in love with him, to be drawn closer to him, and to know the goodness of our Father. We thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Back in November, the Lord gave us this, this scripture for the year of 2020. So this is Romans 15, 13. I think it's on the back of your Luke sheet as well. We could just say this out loud together, all right? Now may God, the inspiration and fountain of hope, fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust in Him. And may the power of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life with His superabundance until you radiate with hope. Are you radiating with hope? He is the God of hope. If you want to follow along with our, on our website, you can go to rmfchurch.org, click on media, then notes, and you will see today's uh, notes on, for the message today. Last week we talked about uh, three important things about healing. First of all, that it's God's will. It's God's will for you to be well. And uh, God wants you to know that you are the righteousness of God in Christ. So you need to know that you're righteous. To, uh, it, it's just easier to receive healing if you know you're righteous. If you think you don't deserve it, if you're unrighteous, it's just going to be hard. It's just going to be hard. But God has told us that you're the righteousness of God because Jesus made you that way. He made you righteous, amen? And then knowing your authority. You have to know that you've been given authority, Luke 10, 19. Behold, I've given to you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means harm you. You know, Jesus wants you to know that you and I have authority, and people are crying out. And, and I know that. I don't go to somebody if I, if I hear them saying, oh, Jesus, would you just please heal me? Do something, you know. I don't go up to them and say, you know what, buddy? You just don't know your Bible. You know, I'm not going to do that. And I know God's not going to smack somebody down just because they make a prayer like that. We've all made probably foolish prayers. Thank you for that wonderful response. We've all done that. I told somebody this, and I believe this, you know, nobody, let me just say this, I do not have perfect doctrine and theology, and neither do you, and neither does anybody on this planet, and we need to humble ourselves and realize, the Bible says you know in part, you see in part, which means you don't know it all. There's been times in my walk with God, and I thought I did know it all, especially after I graduated from Bible school. Man, I thought I was the pastor, the minister. And, I, you know, the Lord just little by little has taught me that uh, you need to tone that down because you don't know it all. And that's why we have to trust Him, even when it comes to our belief system. There's things that I used to preach that I don't even believe today. And I used to get upset at myself over that, and I'd say, Lord, why didn't you just slap the snot out of me or something? And He says, I, listen to me. Did you know this? That the world's not going to know that you're followers of Christ because you have perfect theology or doctrine. The world's going to know that you're a follower of Christ because of your love for one another. Love trumps everything. I said love trumps everything. So if you can get a hold of God and first of all know that God loves you, then it's going to be a lot, loves you no matter what. 
If you can get a hold of that and get a revelation of that, then you're going to be, it's going to be a lot easier for you to love other people, especially the ones that get underneath your skin. Don't look so holy like nobody ever gets under your skin. We all have people, and I've never made a list, but if the Lord ever wants a list, there's, I could give him that list. But anyway, 2 Peter, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 through 4. I've said this scripture a few times throughout this year. This is the Passion Translation. It says, everything we could ever need for life, everything that we could ever need for life and complete devotion to God has already been deposited in us. By his divine power. Everything you would ever need for life. Would healing be part of that? I think healing would be. How about provision and having all of your needs met. And even having an abundance. Would you need that? So he says everything we could ever need. For life and complete devotion to God. Has already been deposited in us by his divine power. Now that's a good step to understand. Instead of crying out for God to pour out healing from heaven to here. The first step is to realize that healing. The power to heal. Has already been deposited in us. For all of this was lavished upon us. I like that word lavished. Kind of like my love for my wife. I lavish my love on her. <laughs> for all this was lavished upon us through the rich experience of knowing Him. That's the key. If you don't know Him, you're not going to know that all of this has been lavished upon you. You're not going to even know that what's been deposited in you. If you don't know Jesus, if you don't know God the Father, you're, how in the world are you going to know what's been deposited inside of you? How are you going to know what's been lavished upon you? So that Jesus is the main thing, man. You got to know him. He says that's a rich experience of knowing him who has called us by name and invited us to come to him through a glorious manifestation of his goodness. And like Melody says, it's not a manifestation of his badness. It's a manifestation of his goodness. And then verse 4 says, as a result of this, He's given you magnificent promises that are beyond all price. So that through the power of these tremendous promises, you can experience partnership with the divine nature. God wants us to realize that He wants us to walk in partnership with the divine nature of God Himself. By which you have escaped the corrupt desires that are in the world. A few years ago, I uh, really got turned on to... To Andrew Womack, and he, he, I read his book about You've Already Got It. And the Lord has been ministering to that to me for years about, uh, you know, that there's things that are in it. And then this scriptures like that, it's just been revelation to me about what has been deposited inside of me. Because it's so easy. I believe the most years of my life, I focused on God... Some, it's not being manifested in my life, so where am I missing it? Where am I missing it? That was a common prayer. Where am I missing it? And you can be so focused on where you're missing it that you'll miss it. God says, why, why are you focusing on where you're missing it? You're focusing on and looking at the wrong thing. Look into Jesus, the author 
and the finisher of your faith. Focus on Him. Focus on Him. And I know that uh, the word in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 says, you know, the word is, there's health in the word of God. And so uh, we've made it easy for you. You can go to our website and click on media. And in that column, there's healing scriptures. You say, well, I just don't know too many scriptures about healing. There's all kinds of healing scriptures in that. You can go and you can write them down or just always go to the website and meditate upon those. And know that healing is in there. But I do know this. I've seen people that have been sick for a very, very long time. And they just have a mentality of sickness. They just have a mentality of sickness. And uh, Jesus, I believe in Mark chapter 9 verse 21. He, this was brought up for a healing. Jesus turned to the Father, verse 21, he says, and he asked, How long has your son been tormented, tormented like this? You know, I thought, well, why would he care? Why would Jesus care? I mean, as far as how long. If he's getting ready to get healed, why does it matter? But it does matter because when somebody's been sick for a really, really long time, there's some layers that you've got to work through in their mind because they just have a mentality of sickness. So the father said, since childhood. So evidently a long time. So he replied, uh, the father says it tries over and over to kill him by throwing him into the water. But please... If you're able to do something, anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said to him, what do you mean if? <laughs> I like that. What do you mean if? If you are able to believe. He says, if you are able to, he put the ball back in his court. He says, if you're able to believe, all things are possible to him that believes. All things are possible. So, the three things that we talked about last week. I want to just hit on a couple more things today, and that is, I believe what the Lord has really helped me through the years is that um, always the devil and myself just saying I don't have enough faith. You're almost, I think the devil has even told me this, I didn't realize it was coming from him, and he says, you're almost there. Almost there, but not there yet. You're not quite there yet to have enough faith to be healed. Has anybody ever told you that? Have you ever had that thought process in your mind? And then one day I read Galatians 2.20. This was in the King James Version. In the King James Version, Paul says, I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet it's not I that live. It's Christ in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. His faith is in you. So I just tell myself, do you really need more faith than Jesus? <laughs> That's sarcasm, by the way. Do you really need more faith than Jesus to get to receive healing? I don't think so. So the devil, I don't get that thought anymore. I don't get that thought. I, I just don't have enough faith. I say I have the faith. Jesus said this in Mark eleven twenty three. He says, if you have faith, he says, you can say to this mountain, be moved. Believe in your heart and you'll have whatever you say. Well, you have to believe in the power of your words. We talked about that last week. That's very vitally important that most of us have to work on ourselves to believe in the power of our words. 
You have to work on the power of your, because a lot of us would just say, oh yeah, well, if it can happen, anything bad can happen, it'll happen to me. Well, aren't you glad those po- you don't believe in the power of that word that you just said? Or, oh, that just tickles me to death. Don't, aren't you glad that you don't believe in the power of that word? Everybody would be falling over. But you do need to believe in the power of your words. We need to believe in the power of our words. I know this, that for years, you know, I learned about healing probably in the mid-80s, early 80s. And uh, so for probably 35 years, 40 years almost, 20, almost 40 years, I've, I've known that it's the will of God for me to be well. I knew that at the beginning, it was just that I knew that God could heal. I did not have a clue about the power of healing that was in us, in me, in you. I didn't know that. But I do know this, that for years, even though I knew that, I still struggled with healing. I still struggled with it because I, I would just get sick. Every, I would just like everybody else, everybody else, everybody else. And there's no condemnation or guilt. I say that every time I teach on healing because people go, well, man, he's teaching about healing. I get sick all the time. I just, oh, man. You know, you're going, that mentality would take you to a destination you don't want. Don't feel it. Somebody asked me last week, said, you know, I'm, I just feel, I've been believing healing, but you know, I've got a scheduled appointment on a, op to have surgery and everything. He says, what do you think? I said, doesn't matter what I think. I know one thing. I says, if you have a surgery appointment, if you still feel strong about that, you have it. Six weeks from now, it's not going to be like, oh, I got healed. Nobody's going to go, yeah, but it was by surgery. <laughs> Are you out there? We try to put so much guilt and condemnation on people. There's enough going on in the world. We don't need each other or ourselves doing that. Come on now. So don't get condemned. The bottom line is that God wants you well. And yes, the best is to receive the healing manifestation. Yes, absolutely. But there's no guilt and condemnation of going to see a doctor. You know, don't wear it. You think, oh, thank God we have to wear a mask. Nobody will know I'm going to go see the doctor. No! Come on. But this is what I've learned throughout the years is this, is that I've had knowledge of healing, but what I've been missing is the revelation of healing. There is a big difference in that. So put this on your prayer list if you want to pray something. Say, God, I've known pastors taught about healing, but I need to have a revelation of healing. I need to know. Man, I just felt like one day something clicked up here. It's just like a switch got turned on about healing. And so you just pray, Lord, I need revelation. I've had knowledge, I've had knowledge, I've had knowledge, but I need revelation. I need to know that I know that I know. Because you know what happens then when a symptom comes on you and a sickness comes on you? You go, hold on a minute now. I've got the healing power of God. I resist you in the name of Jesus. There's no way you can attach to this vessel which is a God-inhabited vessel. Woo! You start having a revelation like that, the devil goes, excuse me, wrong house. He will. He will. Listen, Abraham believed in God, but it went to a whole other level when Jesus, or God, the Father, asked him to sacrifice his son because now he had to trust in the God that he believed in. Did you hear that? You can believe in God. You can believe in healing. You can believe in a lot of things. But it goes to a whole new level when you start trusting in Him and you know that you know that He 
has deposited healing inside of you. I remember when Melody and I were believing, you know, we were trying to have children. At that time, we weren't believing for children. We didn't know there was a problem. And so, after a few years, the child did not cometh. And so Melody went to get checked, and so the doctor, this is when we lived in Tulsa, Oklahoma, so the doctors went, brought us both in. Man, I, we got, I was in the military, I took a flight physical in the Air Force, and man, I thought I got poked a lot then. Man, no. They're going, I mean, they went, I went through the knot hole backwards after I went through all of that testing and everything. Melody, I, so to make a long story longer is that um, they... <laughs> They said, there's issues with your wife, you know, and I'll say something funny. I go, oh, I know that, but what about the pregnancy thing? But anyway, kidding. But anyway, <laughs> I'm kidding. See the smile? Anyway, but uh, they said, you, you can't have children. Just flat out told you, you can't have children. And so we just prayed and believed God, and any time there was a healing line, we went up there and got our head shaked and shook and and just was believing God to have children and and then uh, years went by we went to Africa became missionaries went, then came to Pueblo started a church and then so still no children so Melody went to specialist here in Pueblo and they said the same thing you can't have children so I believe I mean she she started doing some phenomenal things she uh we would play uh me, Danielle, and her, we would play spades, cards, and then we would have a pile of cards here for the fourth person. And that was for Jared. We already had the name. It was Jared. This is Jared's pile. So we played games with Jared, even though he was not there. She would get a high chair and put baby food out when it was mealtime, just stirring up her faith. And so she started doing these things. And then, lo and behold, I think it was, was it 10 years? Almost 10 years, she got pregnant. And so, uh, we had Jerry. And so, we had our son, and we, it was not like we didn't have to discuss what we were going to call him. It was Jared. But my point is this. It didn't take God 10 years. It did not. Just like Abraham. God didn't say, you know, when you turn 100... That's when you're going to have a child. No. He was getting Abraham to not only believe him, but to trust in him. Because that brings your faith up to a higher level when you're trusting God that you know that you know that you know. Well, and then a few months later, she got pregnant again. And then that's when I said, okay, let's, let's stop the machine, man. I mean, <laughs> no more believing. Obviously, we don't have to believe God for any more children. But anyway, listen to me. Most of us are trying to become something or to become someone. And God wants you to know today that you need to quit trying to become it and understand who you are already. That'll help you when it comes to healing. Because it was like the... Uh, the donkey or the horse with a, with a stick on, it, on its neck and the carrot and just keep running and, and sometimes you run faster but it, and it just seems like it's, well, I'm going to get it closer and you're working harder at it and you're working harder at it and at the end of the day, you're exhausted. Your faith is spent 
And you just sit down and just, and then you start reasoning. You start reasoning. What have I done? Where have I missed God? Maybe something's wrong in my life. Maybe I've got unforgiveness. Maybe this or maybe that or whatever. And and you're just running around the same mountain over and over and over again. And God just wants you to sit down and just say, no, I'm not going there. I'm going to look into Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith. I'm going to believe exactly what the word says in 2 Peter chapter 1. That he has deposited healing on the inside of me. And you start believing that. And you start trusting that that is in you. And meditate upon that. I've got healing in me. We have to learn to how to walk out what is inside. Because that's the next question people have. Well, if it's in me, why don't I, why don't I get healed? In Philippians chapter 2, verse 12, it says this. Therefore, my beloved... As you've always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but how much more in my absence. Listen to this. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Let me just say this. It didn't say work for your salvation. Did you hear me? It didn't say work for your salvation. It said to work out your salvation. You go, well, what in the world? How do you know? world do you do that? This is what you do. You have to realize that salvation has been deposited inside of you, which is everything you need for life and for godliness. It's in there. But let me read the Passion Translation. It says this, My beloved ones, just like you've always listened to everything I've taught you in the past, I'm asking you now to keep following my instructions as though I were right there with you. Now you must continue to make this new life fully manifested as you live in the holy all of God. You do that, not God. You must continue to make this new life fully manifested. You are the one that's responsible for manifesting it, not God. Amen. And he says, when you do that, that brings trembling in his presence. Man. So, I'm just saying that this is how, let me just give you a few things. Just like what Melly was doing, she, she started believing that no matter what, we were going to have a baby to the point that she bought a high chair and set up the table to the point that we're going to play a card game. Okay, Jared's going to play too. I mean, people looked at it and go, He's, there's no one there. There's no one there. Everything that is seen, that is, can be touched, was made by the invisible. Amen. Which means what is invisible is more powerful and more real than anything you can touch, feel, taste, or see. You get a hold of that. You get a hold of things like that. My God has supplied all of my need according to his riches and glory. You start just making a positive confession of who you are, what God has done for you. Start saying, you know what? First of all, you just got to start believing that. The power for me to be healed is inside of me. And there again, have some tact with people. If you go to some kind of prayer meeting and somebody says, Lord, I just pray that you'll heal this person. They go, no, 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 stop it. Don't do that. If you do, don't tell me you go to church here anyway. But anyway, 
Just have mercy and grace on people. Because how much mercy and grace does God have on you and me? I mean, we, like I said, we're still not believing everything perfectly right like we should. We're not. And God still is merciful to us. All right? So let's just be a mercy type people. God desires and he wants mercy and grace to be poured out into us. All right? So, but listen to me. Let's just start believing God for ourselves and believing him that, first of all, the healing is inside of me, God. So now, I'm just asking you to help me for that healing to be manifested on the outside. I know it's your will. And I know I have the faith to do it. So I'm just believing you to help me to work it out. Work it out. Work it out. You know, when you go to school and you work out some kind of math problems, you're working it out. The problem is there, the answer is there, and you're just working it out. You have the answer on the inside of you. You have the power on the inside of you. Now, just like Paul said, or, um, Peter said, he says, let's work it out. Ask God to help you, and He'll help you to work it out, to take different steps. He works not in a generic way, but specifically with you. Whatever it takes you. Whatever it takes you. He's just dealt with me on about the authority that I have to speak to things. God will deal with you, and each thing's different. Don't just say, okay, I got it now. <laughs> you think you got it. Until you come up with something and I speak to it and it doesn't happen. So what do you do then? Well, I thought this always worked. Just trust God. The Holy Ghost leads me and guides me. I probably say this more than anything. John, Jesus said, I'm going to leave. But he says, I'm going to send the Comforter, the Holy Ghost. And he will lead you and guide you into all truth. And show you things to come. That's the biggest answer for all of us. The Holy Ghost will lead me and guide me and heal and show me things to come. So you need to believe that. I'm not your leader or guider as far as people. I'm just, Pastor, what should I? Listen to me. I can give you advice, but the Holy Ghost is inside of you. God is inside of you. He'll help you make business decisions. He'll help you make decisions and how to to get this manifested on the outside of you. Listen, as a church, we want to help people. And you know what? You can help people. I know Veronica's sitting back there about a month ago or whatever. She ministered to somebody at her work and, and the guy just wasn't doing it. She, so she did call me and a guy came in. I prayed with him and everything. But this is what it's all about. It's helping one another. Help people. Help people. Don't just be so inward that you, you just say, I, I just need to get this, I need to get that. And I, I believe that. But at the same time, you and I need to look after people. For God so loved the world. He loves, he loves the world. He loves all of the world. Even the ones that are doing horrible. All of them. By this shall the world know that you're a follower of me, Jesus said. How much love you pumping out. And the good thing is, that love's in you. It's been shed abroad in our hearts. It's deposited in you. You and I have, listen to me, I'm closing. 
You have the ability to love the worst despicable person. You have that ability. You have the same ability that got, when Jesus hung on our cross and they were sticking spikes, yelling him, cursing at him, beating him, doing all these terrible things, lying about him. He sat there and said, Father, forgive them. For they know not what you... They didn't even ask for forgiveness. And Jesus has always been the initiator. God, I want you to forgive them. Because I forgive them, Lord. They didn't ask for it, but I want you to know I love... For God so loved the world. He loved the ones. And that's what caused... People say, you know, actually, love is what caused the blood to come out of that body. People being ugly to Jesus caused love to be spilled out on this planet. Have you ever thought about that? People being mean, being unrighteous, doing terrible things is what caused the love to be spilled out on this planet. So listen to me. The devil's not going to win this 2020 year. I don't care how many cities get burned. I don't care how many injustices are done. I'm telling you, the love of God conquers all. It will not be defeated. It will not be defeated. So you can just turn the TV off and don't think that the world is coming to hell in a handbasket and we're going to lose. I'm telling you and decreeing what Jesus has said about our city, about our nation, that God is God and He will not be defeated because love cannot be defeated. Hallelujah. Let's stand. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let me pray for you. Father, I just pray in Jesus' name. Your word even says that love will cover a multitude of sin. Woo! How powerful. That's the most powerful thing. It's more powerful than anything. And Lord, I believe that people would understand and receive how much the Father has loved them and is loving them. Love them so much that healing will be a simple, easy thing for them to receive and for that to be manifested in their body because you love them so much. I pray for eyes to be opened today. I pray for revelation to be poured out and eyes to be opened today. Paul even prayed this in the Ephesian prayers that the people may have their eyes enlightened, may know the length, the breadth, the depth, and the height of this tremendous love. May people realize how much you love them, God. May people realize that you love them so much that you provided healing for them. I pray that in Jesus' name. And people that are in pain right now, I just pray for them. If there's anyone here in pain, I pray in the name of Jesus. We're going to have a couple of people between the trees. There's two young ladies in the tree, between the two trees over there. If you're in pain in your body, if there's anything wrong with your body, you go and just say, you know what, Pastor, just pray. The Bible says this, believers shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So I'm just telling you, there's so many ways that God has provided healing. It's a way for you to release your faith. If you're struggling, God says, call somebody. Get somebody to pray for you. That's how much He wants you to get this healing manifested in your body. If there's any other prayer that you need, these people can pray for you. All right? If you want to pray about everything from Israel to your child or Pueblo, whatever you want to pray. These people are, will pray for you. Amen? We're going to go ahead and also pray over our, the offering. My Father generously provides all that I need. He is doing exceedingly, abundantly, above all that I ask or think.
according to the power that is in me. He surrounds me with favor and inspires me to be a blessing. I am blessed. We love you. You take this word. Don't let it just be another message. Are you hearing me? Because God wants you to walk in health. And I believe things are going to change in your life. Amen.